Are you a creative? I think you are. And that's why you should join my circle community, the Creative Study Lounge. Listen, we all know how social media is right now with all the lying, the bots, the ads, the shadow banning, your posts not getting seen, the requests from people you don't know, the strange activities. Social media is a mess right now. So that's why I decided to create a community just for creatives where we can get down and talk about writing, video games, art, development, things in popular media, whatever we want, or just some nonsense. There's a place for it all. It's at the Creative Study Lounge. And while you're there, you can get the merch, send me questions, comments, ideas, and you can generally support the podcast. Check the links in the description. We'll be adding more as time goes along, but hey, it's a good thing. CreativeStudyLounge.com or check the links in the description. Once again, that's CreativeStudyLounge.com or check the links in the description. And you won't have to listen to this dumb advertisement. Now let's get on with the program. Over a decade ago, I ran into Taraji P. Henson at a San Diego Comic-Con. It was a wonderful time. I was out there with Theo. Things were going crazy. And I ran into someone that I respect, Taraji P. Henson. After that meeting, I realized something about entertainment, creativity, the industry, and people that I didn't really take as much of a lesson at the time. But after all these years of thinking about it and hearing about her, her troubles, her journey, I want to actually say something about this because I think it's important and I think it's necessary. And that's what I'm going to get into today on Creativity Threads Life. This podcast I'm doing to actually explore and figure out how creativity really does affect us in all parts of life. And as you know, if you've been here before, you know that I think creativity and creation is essentially life itself. So studying creativity from a point of view of creating a life that you want and creating, that sounded too big. Just being creative in terms of building the life that, um, that you can and with the facilities you have. I do it all the time with art, design, and any sort of development, this podcast even. But it extends the skills and the ideas extend to much more than that. So that's what we're going to be getting into today. Taraji P. Henson. I want to shout out to everybody from Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. But yes, oh, shout out to Eva. How you doing? I am just doing this thing and reminiscing. So yeah, the San Diego Comic-Con. Probably don't think of the San Diego Comic-Con when you think of Taraji P. Henson. If you don't know who Taraji P. Henson is, she's a well-acclaimed actress, actor. Been in many different roles, worked many different parts of the industry, very accomplished. I think I started recognizing her back, uh, geez, I don't know when, but she played a role in Baby Boy a long time ago with Tyrese. A lot of people know her from 2005's Hustle and Flow. Hidden Figures, obviously, that was one of the, I won't say more publicly acclaimed kind of things, but it's like, oh, yeah, this is positive, and here's a great, great person that go, goes in that role, and Taraji P. Henson did her job there. I think people really got to know her from in terms of the mass audiences got to know her from the case of Benjamin Button, the curious case of Benjamin Button. But she's also uh, done work in Smoke and Aces. People know her recently from Empire, where she played Cookie. 
Smoking Aces, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Person of Interest, this, this show about trying to find out who, who was causing these problems. And she played in a, she played a detective and it's kind of a little bit of supernatural, weird sci-fi vibes to it. But that's why she was at Comic-Con. She wasn't in, uh, in the next Marvel movie or anything like that. But let me get back to that story. So Theo and I were college roommates and we ran, uh, we used to go to Comic-Cons all the time. All these events, stuff we talked about in college. We ended up going to these, these huge, huge events. And if you don't know how crazy Comic-Con could get, you start looking back in the, the late 2000s when Marvel was just announcing all of its properties, when DC was really huge, Game of Thrones was getting talked about with all this buzz. A lot of the pictures and images you see of all the crowds are going to be from this thing called San Diego Comic-Con. Everybody else calls themselves a Comic-Con, but when you mention Comic-Con generically, we're talking about the San Diego Comic-Con. It's that big, huge event that took the world by storm. Nothing's quite like it. LA Comic-Con, third tier. New York Comic-Con, third tier. Anybody else, I'm just going to put you in a third tier class, skip the second tier, and the first tier is San Diego Comic-Con. So I'm walking around this thing, got a hotel room. It's crazy. It's going nuts. I'm seeing all kinds of people. I haven't slept for like three days. It's a, if you do it right, it's a whole seven day event. Five slash six days are official. But if you do it right, it's a, pro it's a proper seven, eight day event where you prep and then you add a day for prepping and you add a day for decompression because the whole thing is just so crazy. But anyway, I was out there one day, Theo and I were walking, talking about something. We we're going to see some panel deciding what we were going to do for the day. And you don't see that many, that many black stars out there. I mean, you, you catch them of course, because just the numbers, but you don't catch that many. And we're walking through the lobby of, I think uh, it was the Hilton, I believe, or the Hyatt. We're walking through the lobby of the Hilton or the Hyatt down there on, at the San Diego Harbor. And we see this beautiful young lady getting, uh, getting her stuff together. She's got a few bags with her and she's over at the checkout aisle. I mean, checkout counter talking. And I'm like smacking Theo. I'm starting to get a little starstruck. Now, mind you, I've been at Comic-Con. I'm seeing, I'm seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger talk about Terminator. I'm seeing the Game of Thrones cast walking around. We're seeing once in a while random people from, from Marvel, DC, et cetera. It's just complete nerd fest, right? So we see, I see her and I'm like, hey, wait a minute, Theo. I smack him on the shoulder. I'm like, hey. Isn't that Taraji P. Henson? He's like, yes, it is. But like, holy crap. So she's busy doing whatever she's doing, handling business at the front desk. So we get into stalker mode and hang out behind a pillar while she's doing her thing, pretending like we're not, we're not just waiting on somebody because that always freaks somebody out when you're kind of standing out and waiting while they're doing whatever they have to do, right? <laughs> so after she finishes what she's doing and she's just, uh, you know, putting some papers away or something, it's like, all right, now's a good time. She doesn't seem busy. She's not in the middle of walking. Now's a good time to ambush her. Yes, 
you have to time your ambushes properly. No, no time is ever a good time for an ambush, but this was it. So, you know, we shuffled over there and we tried not to make too much of a scene because, you know, sometimes people just don't want to have a scene made right then and there. But we did the quick walk, shuffled up there fast. Like, hey, 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 how's it, how's it going? Uh, tried to be Henson. We're great fans. Glad to see you out here. This is great. Uh, Hustle and Flow is awesome. Baby boy. We're just all like we're geeking out. And she's like, oh, thank you. Very gracious. Nice to meet you. Wonderful personality. Wonderful, wonderful presence. Just a great energy in, in many forms. Now, I got a picture of this quick encounter on my Instagram page. If you've been there, it's pinned up at the top. And I pinned it up since she started popping up in the media lately. And so we were there talking, just general chit-chat. Hey, why are you here? Oh, you're here for person of interest. That's excellent. Uh, that show is really new. Haven't seen it yet. We'll be sure to check it out and tell all our friends. You know, Theo's like, oh, I've heard of it. Da, da, da. We're, we're just excited and we're talking. And we don't want to hold her up. So we got some quick pictures, you know, said thank you for doing all you do. Encouraged her and whatever she's up to and what she's doing. And she went off about her business. And we were happy. If you remember the scene from, from Coming to America, where somebody recognized the prince and those two guys went nuts. That, that's what we were doing. That, that's, screw all the other stars that were there. Taraji was our fan, our fan favorite. We were geeking out. It was great. So after that moment though, I kind of I started to realize, I'm like, huh, we were geeking out, but Comic-Con is one of those places where everybody can find somebody to geek out about, to, to just kind of get giddy over. So we're all looking around and we're like, wow, it made sense. In an event like this, you, you could have a lot of high-profile people slip under the radar. That happened all the time. You'd see comedians like, you know, uh, Earthquake. I forgot the one guy's name um, who worked with David Allen Greer. Not David Allen Greer, but somebody who worked with him. See, I even forgot his name. But there are all these people, so many of them at this event and downtown, you could just run into them and start having conversations and everything's everything is everything. It's like, whatever. There's so many stars out there. But nonetheless, it was kind of like, huh? Yeah, there were, there was like a gang of people crowding around her. There wasn't like a lot of fanfare. And that makes sense at Comic-Con, but it was just kind of like, okay, nothing terribly memorable. It was like, great, but nothing terribly memorable. And don't worry, this is, there will be no disparaging of Taraji P. Henson here. I'm thinking about this right now because recently she's been in the news for talking about the color purple. And a, a couple days ago, she had to, say, had to say a statement that, yes, I don't want my situation to overshadow what's going on with this movie, The Color Purple. It's a really great movie. You need to go see it. And now I'm looking back and thinking like, you know what? Only reason I might want to see The Color Purple is because I kind of heard Taraji P. Henson getting upset over the fact that she's had all these troubles and has been talking about it. It's kind of a weird, unfortunate, and slightly perverse relationship we have with celebrity and media and buzz and the tabloids and all of this drama. 
that I'm sitting here thinking, hey, I should go see The Color Purple. Why? Well, because Taraji P. Henson was crying on TV about it. Not about The Color Purple, but, you know, doing movies like that, it's, it's a bit of labor of love. You're, you're not doing it for the big paycheck. Um, some of these, you know, epic films that have a certain attachment to an audience. But The Color Purple, I, I'm not, I have nothing to say on that right now. What I'm just saying is that I'm interested in it because I saw Taraji P. Henson crying about the state of affairs with Hollywood and actors not getting their due and the unfairness in the industry. Now, to be clear, the unfairness does exist. There are a lot of problems, a lot of typecasting. There's an extreme fall off from the megastars, like people who get paid 10, 20, or higher million dollars for a couple weeks of filming in a year. After that, you get down to your $5 million, $3 million you know, five to 10 million or something. And then you just drop off after that. And you're starting to get into the hundreds of thousands to film an entire thing. And you've still got to upkeep appearances. You've got to travel. You've got, you've got a team behind you to do your makeup, your outfitting to keep you fit. You got, you've got agencies to deal with. You've got a lot to deal with. And if you're not on that top tier, it becomes very difficult. And yes, Taraji is definitely one of my favorites. Um, she kind of, she, she knocks it out, plays her, plays her part in every role, does her thing. But back to the, of course, there's always a but, right? Back to the issue with, with the Hollywood and color purple thing. It relies on this thing called buzz. And this is a hard concept to get over to a lot of creatives myself included. I am a hard head in this respect, and I've been working to get over it. I get it. You need to have a certain amount of buzz. What is buzz and why do you need it? Buzz is that thing that, that gets your attention and it makes you look up. It's like the, the room is just buzzing. Or you can think of it as no matter what's going on, if you hear a little buzz in your ear and you think it's a bug, you're going you're gonna to take notice of it. There's that hype. There's that noise. There's that rumbling. There's that talk. Good or bad. I'm, I'm not saying good or bad. Or it could be either. And if you've tried to create anything in a straight up and down level, you know, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever been in school, hopefully all of you have, at any point in your life, you've known that there are people who just do their work, do their job, no drama, no issues, no problems, and they have no buzz. They're just really good and really solid people that you can rely on. Unfortunately, the more and more we progress, the more and more we need this thing called attention, buzz, hype. I was about to say drama, but that's always negative or usually negative. But it's something that's bothered me for a while. Like, hey, hey, man, I can't just make good art. I can't just make this and that. I can't just, it's like, yeah, you're going to end up with a problem. And that's the problem of not being recognized and not being noticed and not being given your fair worth. By missing out 
on this thing called buzz and getting the people going. As Anchorman would say, it gets the people going. You got to get them going. Somehow. Now, saying something is unfair, that could be, that could, it could very well be true. In fact, the industry is quite unfair. It is heavily skewed towards certain types. And we know this. Everybody knows this. They go searching for something and they go get it. Anybody else, you may be there just to make their traditional views look better. It's not fair. Nobody's looking out for the special interests. Nobody's really looking out for alternatives. Nobody's really looking out for anything unique and special. They're looking for the buzz and the hype. So let me tell you how this works. In any group, in any gathering, there are a few superstars. And they're, they're usually there because they're very skilled or they're simply known for whatever they bring with them. Eminem was put on at one point. He's incredibly skilled. He got put on by Dr. Dre. And he's a white rapper from Detroit. And he was just going, when he came out, I don't know if you remember, anybody remembers in the 90s when he was breaking out, he was talking about everybody, dropping bombs on Britney Spears, talking about the Mickey Mouse Club, had words to say with everybody. And this came from him being a battle rapper. So this battle rapper from Detroit, that's white, that's just getting attacked on all sides gets picked up by Dr. Dre. There's a whole story there. And he rode with that until he decided he didn't want to ride anymore. He's kind of just pulled back and said, you know what? I'm good now. That's one of your superstar types where you're just out there and along with everything that you brought with you to get you there, you're still banging away. Once in a while, you get your Keanu Reeves, does his thing, blows up big in the Matrix, People are like, hey, is that the guy who, from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? It's like, yeah, he was in the Matrix. And next thing you know, he's out there, he's talking, he's doing his thing, make, being in continual hit movie after hit movie after hit movie, whatever. Who else? I mean, there are a few. You can pick them out from anyone. Um, you know, you're Snoop Dogg, Jay-Z in, in music and acting You've got your certain few people. Adam Sandler's picked out his own little niche and group or whatever. But then, right, you can only have a couple, a couple of these superstars. And maybe you remember them back in school where there were only a couple people. Like, uh, yeah, that guy, he's the, he's the head of the captain of the basketball team. He's got a scholarship, straight A's. He's dating this person. He's dating this girl from a from college. It's like, wow, really? Yeah. She goes to the college up the street. He's dating her. It's like, wow, really? That's crazy. And you just end up with these superstar personalities kind of everywhere you go. We're not talking about those people. Those people exist. They do whatever. We're talking about one step down from that. One step down from that is a dangerous territory. Because then you start to get into your Regardless of your skill level, regardless of what you bring to the table, you start to get into this area of 
yeah, we know who you are, but you don't excite us. You don't get us going. And I've fallen into that trap too, where I just continually did good work for a while and I had no buzz. I had nothing interesting going on. And then you, know, you try to get out of that. You try to make some buzz. You try to make something happen. And people will start telling you, get back in your lane. As Drake said, this is the part where you go from fitting in to standing out. First, you got to get to the point where you can, well, it may, you may not even, you may not ever have to fit in. You may always just be an outlier. Some people just start in the game as an outlier. But mo most people start in the stage of fitting in and then they have to figure out how to break out. That's how they be become the breakout star. And I'm using Taraji as an example because I don't think she's ever done that. So she hasn't, I shouldn't say Taraji in particular because I'm not trying to pick on her. She does a great job at what she does. In fact, she was talking about her, her script for the, the cookie spinoff for the Empire series. That would have been cool. I would, like to, I would have liked to have seen that. I don't know if it, what will ever come of it, if it will ever make it out, but that could be cool. That could be one of those breakout things where you really start to see exactly who somebody can be and what they can build into. But she said the script wasn't right. Totally believe her. If she's saying the script's not right, there's no reason not to think that it, it was right and she's just being weird about it. But if you're in that second phase, I mean, that, uh, that phase of being a little secondary to the to megastars, you have to bring something. You have to bring some kind of buzz, some kind of stink, something that gets the people to recognize you. Now, I had the school example, and you're thinking back to times when you were in school. There are only a couple people that really stood out to you. Everybody else is just kind of blank faces. They stood out for a reason. They may have been a little extra. They may have been outrageous. They may have been funny. They may have had some quirk. A lot of times, and a lot of times they're not the superlatives. Like, you know who the fastest kid in school was. He was just, every time you went out to the playground, he was just the fastest kid. Okay, you remember the fastest kid. That was actually me for one period. It was a race between me, Jason Flack, and um, Aziz Noah. Yep, yep, yep. I was one of the fastest kids. But anyway, you kind of know who these people are and you put very quick labels on them. Like, oh yeah, that's the white rapper from Detroit who came up with Dr. Dre, boom, 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 quick labels. Try to describe Taraji P. Henson and it's difficult. It's like, yeah, oh no, she's a great actor, uh, played in Hidden Figures, played in uh, Baby Boy. You can start listing off the rules. And she's good at them. That's the problem. But nothing stands out. It's like, huh, nothing stands out? And if something doesn't stand out or doesn't get that kind of attention that you want, then do you manufacture it? You might have to. Do you work on trying to build that buzz by creating some sort of facet to yourself? You might have to. Like I was saying, back to the examples of kids at school, I remember... The first kid I saw with green hair, he was a surfer kid from another school, came in, had green hair. And then on top of that, another kid from another school came in, had a similar crazy haircut, but he had like, you know, 
he put a blue streak in his hair. So we have this kid with green hair and a kid with a blue streak in his hair. One's a surfer, one's a skater. And they were kind of competing with each other and never became friends. And it was just really bizarre to me that I remember those two. I remember the kid that pulled a knife out on me. I'll tell that story one day. I remember the, the kids who ran fast. Okay. I remember the kid I got in kind of a fight with. And I remember the bully. You know, you remember certain people. And they all have these trademarks, these labels to them, these standout bits of their personality or their behavior that stick out. And when I realized back at Comic-Con that nobody was checking for Taraji like that, I felt a little empathy there. I was like, mm. I know what that's about. I know that vibe. Like you could have a great restaurant and if it just says great restaurant on the side, are you really going to go check it out? Like when you hear about a new restaurant, like, hey, what's that restaurant about? in and out Oh, yeah. Yeah, they pretty much only serve burgers and fries and shakes. The shakes are really good, though. It's like, really? That's it? Burgers and fries and shakes? That's all? Like, yeah. What about a Happy Meal? No Happy Meal. Huh. Okay, why would I go there? Well, it's all natural. It's cut fresh. And it's like, really? And you drive by and see the line. And you're like, boom, there it goes. In and out. They get your food in. They get it out. It's cooked fresh. It makes an impression on you. And maybe that's the part you're talking about. Does it make an impression? Do you have enough buzz to make a mark on somebody? I mentioned this back in the Be Remarkable or GTFO podcast. You can go back and listen to that, what I think about being remarkable. But anything that's remarkable, incredible, amazing, spectacular, that'll get you buzz. In fact, let me go ahead and start numbering these. The six things that'll get you some buzz. Number one, be amazing, incredible, spectacular, or anything that starts to put you into the superlative category. Where it's like, yo, I went to the, I went to the, um, the dance. That person was amazing. The, the way they were dressed, that dress was out of this world. By far the most interesting dress, the most attractive dress, the most expensive, the superlative. That means putting the most on it. The most something. The most eye-catching, the most revealing, the most expensive, the most technologically advanced, whatever. You got to have a super, if you can have a superlative on you, that'll get you a little buzz. You may not even need to be the best in the room. Like if you're talking about people who are dancing, it's like, yeah, everybody was dancing. Well, you remember that one guy who couldn't dance, but jumped down in his tuxedo and started break dancing and got fruit punch on his jacket. That was, that may not have been the best of anything, but it was what we call number two. The most being memorable, something that stuck out, something that was just kind of wild and crazy. Anything memorable, out of the ordinary, calls for a headline that got people talking. And you've probably known people like this. Somebody's doing, everybody's doing something normally, and then one person comes around and just does it different. They don't have to be the best or anything, but they just do it in such a way that it's different that makes you remember them. Something memorable where it's like, huh, I didn't expect that. So be out of the ordinary, be a little memorable. Something that strikes you as something different. So you have the superlative being number one, the best at something where it's like, well, yeah, I don't care what you're talking about with, uh, with being able to run fast because uh, that guy was the fastest. And it's just like, that's it. Or that guy's the slowest even. And it's like, all right, well, that guy's the slowest. And we, we always probably even remember the times 
back in school when you had to run laps and there was the person who came in last. There were like two or three people. You probably remember them. It's funny because I'm thinking back and now, yeah, I remember there were like three people who always came in last. I remember them. <laughs> and three people who always kind of came in first. I remember those guys. Everybody else in the middle, I couldn't give a clue. I can barely remember my PE classes, but I remember the people who came in first, remember the people who came in last. Another one, number three. Is there a notable feature or a quirk? Now, this one's similar to being memorable, but I remember we, we had a, I remember a summer program, and there was this person who couldn't speak very well, couldn't speak English very well, Nigerian guy. And it was just a quirk of his. And this obviously relates to being memorable, putting them in the different category. But the notable feature or the quirk is kind of just their personality and who they are. A lot of people do this naturally. Like if you come from a different culture, culture or a different country, you just have different ways of speaking, different mannerisms, and you're just naturally going to be a person with a feature or a quirk. And you don't have to do anything, especially memorable. You just are featured because, because of your very nature. But yeah, every time we're sitting around talking and making jokes, suddenly this dude would come in. Like what? And his accident when he was laughing just made it memorable. It's like, okay, uh, I don't know what you said, but while you were laughing, we couldn't understand you. And okay. It was funny, his Nigerian accent. He was a great guy, but his Nigerian accent coupled with his laughter made him hard to understand. And that was just a memorable quirk. So it was just kind of this memorable feature. Um, notable feature, not memorable. So that's one, be the superlative. Number two, be memorable. Do something that sticks out. Or number three, uh, capitalize on your notable feature. Whatever notable feature you have, don't shy away from it. You may not want to try to hide your accent. Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't hide his accent. He didn't hide his size. There are people who get where they are just by nature of them being whoever they are. As I said, very similar to being notable, having a notable feature or quirk, very similar to being memorable. But when you're memorable, I think um, we can put that in the category of you want to it's a more active thing. You want to do something a little more memory-inducing, catching on to people's, what people are looking out for, be memorable. Um, and number, number four, one I don't think is so, one I don't think is so noble, but it's drama. If you know somebody that brings up drama, it's like they get a reaction out of people, usually in a negative way. Somebody's always got to stand up and start arguments with the teacher. Somebody's always got to try to jump in front of the line and, and cheat. Someone's always got to be the center of attention. Like it. But they're just bringing up all this dramatic tension in, in your life. And you're like, oh, dramatic tension. Here we go. Or sometimes it's kind of exciting. Like, oh, shoot. Here we go. Here we go with the dramatic tension. Bringing drama. Some people thrive off that. If you do that naturally, that could be your thing. 50 Cent used to, and kind of still does, bring up drama naturally. Actually, the biggest drama inducer is probably Kanye West. 
Kanye West is probably the biggest drama inducer out there. Where he's just always starting some, showing up in the paper, oh goodness, what's going on? What has he started now? He's beefing with his wife, beefing with Pete Davidson, beefing with Ari Emanuel, beefing with the entire Jewish community, beefing with anybody who has sense, um, beefing with people in politics, et cetera. Beefing with the black rapper community, et cetera. Drama. All right. And number five, um, doing something incredible and outrageous. If you do something incredible or outrageous, not incredible, um, outrageous and I was about to say incredulous, but I don't want to use that word. Doing something to get you buzzed that gets you a certain amount of, uh, you're, you're just, when you're outrageous, I don't mean that you bring up outrage out of people. It's like trying to stir, stir people up. But you're doing what you're doing, and suddenly people are like, oh, my God, what are they doing? It's out, that's outrageous. That's crazy. That's wild. And, yes, these can probably be memorable. They can probably be amazing. But it's not necessarily a notable feature. You just did something outrageous. Like most people, when they, when they get mad in the interview, they stand up and leave or whatever, and they're like, oh, he left the interview. Okay, that's, that's a minor bit of being outrageous. Really being outrageous is something like getting up in an interview or no, how about the Russell Brand interview when he just started making faces? That was kind of outrageous. He just did something outrageous, out of the ordinary, out of the norm, pushing the boundaries. Totally crazy, totally wild, just doing something outrageous. Probably shouldn't have to give you too many examples of these. You've probably seen them on TikTok or Instagram or something like when someone's going up to get their diploma for graduation, they get on stage and do something outrageous. They get in trouble with the, the student, the student government, or they get in trouble with the academic board. They have to do something outrageous when they're on stage, right? So that, that's one thing that you can do. You can do outrageous things. Hopefully you don't manufacture too many of these and you're just naturally kind of outrageous. And if you have a righteous outrageousness, then people will back you. They're like, no, man, we got to back him for, for doing what he, he felt what he was, uh, he felt he needed to say that or she felt she needed to do that. And then you get people behind you. And I was going to have this with number six, but I, I don't know exactly how to frame this one. I want to have an outrageous, I mean, outrageous. You need to have a breakout character role. Like, you're in a situation, you get in a situation and then people see you in a completely different light and that breaks you out of your current mold. Like if Taraji P. Henson was to play a skateboarder um, and really knocked it out the park, that would be a breakout role. That broke her, you either break out of your confined area, you break out of your stereotypes, you break out of your whatever. And people are like, yeah, that was the breakout role. That's where everybody stood up and took notice because somebody was in that role that shouldn't have been there or we didn't expect to be there. And suddenly that person is knocking it out the park and everybody took notice. Why? Because they broke out of, they broke out of your thinking and their current little circle, their bubble. So those are the six. I like the idea of breaking out too, because sometimes you have to actually force your way into these situations. 
like anytime you're getting typecast or or put into a box, then it might be time to break out and try something new. A lot of times it fails or doesn't go as well as you want it to, but you got to do it anyway. Even if it fails and it doesn't become a breakout role or anything, it may actually become something memorable or outrageous. Like when Michael, Michael Jordan went to, went to play baseball, that was kind of wild. That was definitely a memorable moment in our lives. Like, why is this tall, lanky basketball playing dude playing baseball? And to his credit, that is a hard switch to go from basketball to baseball. You need to be a superior athlete to do that and do it at any given level, but be somewhat competent in it and have the humility to go through with it. So, I mean, it was, it hit on a couple different levels where all of a sudden we're talking about Michael Jordan again. So once again, let me go through that. That's being a superlative, being the most amazing, incredible, whatever. Doing something memorable, bringing drama into the situation, having an outrageous role or being in an outrageous situation, and being a breakout character. These are the things we need to do in 2024 and beyond in this attention era. These are the things we might need to lean into if we're going to talk about getting anywhere creatively. Because if you're trying to create something and it's not getting anyone's attention, you might need to look back and see if you're doing any of these things, whether that's your product, your personality, your messaging. Are you getting out there and getting people's attention? Doesn't matter how quote unquote good you think you are. Because a lot of the people who are in these positions who are getting these roles and getting in into these people's minds aren't the A-level characters, aren't the A-level people or the products. They're not even B-level a lot of cases. A lot of times they're very mediocre. Oh, and you know what? Numbers, I'll, I'll add a number seven to this. Or one, two, three, four, five, six. I'll, yeah, I'll add a number seven to it. Get in the right crowd. If you're if you can just march with the right crowd, you automatically get certain amounts of cachet. You automatically get certain certain accolades. Like, I don't care what anybody says. It's like, yeah, I worked for Rockstar Games. Oh, wow, okay, cool. Now they all of a sudden you're you're in a certain level. And any of these points can be applied to anything you're creating. Your persona, your brand, your role, your your life, your household, anything you create, your painting, your, your tax preparation business, your music, it can hit on any of these. There may be some more that I need to go back and drop, but that's what you can do. And always be sure to, to look out for these characters. Be sure to actually go check out for people who are, who are doing the thing and don't happen to have this type of buzz. Be on the lookout for them, support them. And know, hey, maybe, you know, they'll break out one day. With enough support, they'll, they'll probably break out. If you see something good in them and keep on supporting these very fine actors, these very fine products, and you get the word out, you help build that buzz, you help generate that talk, you help show people how memorable they are, you help bring it out of them, you know, you start to platform some of these things. Start to post up people who, you know, hey, this guy is awesome. Boom, that person's great. Hey, you know what? This sticks out to me. Boom, put it out there. 
let people know and help your other creators. It really does help when you support creators. They're thinking they're, they're not anything exciting. They're boring. Uh, they may be, I don't want to say depressed, but they may be a little discouraged. Give them that encouragement. Let them know they're doing something right. Let them know they don't have to do the stupid stuff. Let them know they don't have to start playing this game. As I said, when I was in multiple times in corporate America, I was told, hey, you have to learn how to play ball. Play ball? Play ball? I get it. That's the safe way, but safe way don't, safe way isn't safe, man. Nobody's going to recognize me for that. I had to go start. I was in the game industry. I started drama. I was in the game industry. I was outrageous and I was good at what I did. I was quite memorable. I got in the mix. Pe the right people knew me. And that's what you got to do. Be memorable. So hopefully this is a memorable podcast to you. Hopefully this is a memorable thing that I'm doing. I'm going to try to make it a little more buzzworthy. I'm going to try to make it a little more solid. I want to keep improving on it. I'm going to keep banging these out. As I said, my goal is right now to do these every... I'll do these in the evenings. I'm not scheduling a time for them just yet because I'm still working it out. And the thing that's going to disrupt me the most is trying to stick to a rigid schedule. So I'm going to show up here most nights of the week, save weekends. I'll be here most nights of the week dropping a podcast on you. Let me know what you think about it. Let me know what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy, what I can improve on, any topics. And just in general, man, I want to keep this flow going. I want to keep this a, as a conversation. I don't want to make these just presentations. But I'm starting up a community called the Creative Study Lounge. You can go there right now. It's the creativestudylounge.com. Still putting it together. Basically, what I want to do is start all of these creative discussions that I've been having. I want to start archiving them and holding on to them. I want to start building on them. And I want to start nurturing these conversations even more. I think that we're missing out on a lot in this whole TikTok social media generation. So I want just to create a place where we can get in rooms and it's like, hey, let's talk about what this movie did right. Let's, let's break this down. Hey, let's talk about how we can create this type of technology faster. Or what did we all think of this? What did we learn from this? And with all the people I've met in Hollywood, the game industry, and in different corporate aspects, I think it's about time for, for me to do this. So I wanted to get into that. So the Creative Study Lounge is up right now. And if you want to help support this podcast, the Creativity Threads Life podcast, then how you would do it is by joining up and becoming a member at the Creative Study Lounge. There'll be a lot more going in there. It's still rough right now. But a benefit of joining in early is that you have the opportunity to help set the stage and help plan out what it's going to become in the future. So all of my interactions from Facebook groups, from discords, from forums, from being on Twitter, X, Snapchat, Instagram, threads, Facebook, back to Friendster even, MySpace, Black Planet, Plaxo, Vero, all these different platforms, I've had good community experiences and they're all kind of scattered. So I wanted to bring a lot of it together, basically. And that's why I have the Creative Study Lounge. So yeah, that's what's been going on with me. Uh, podcast is over. I'm just going to talk some noise right now. 
let's see what else has been going on recently that we can talk about some things to keep on track finished attack on titan that was awesome still keep my anime going i don't know what's happening with crunchyroll and funimation man they came i don't want everything to go over to crunchyroll crunchyroll bought funimation now so funimation support has been hard to come by and they're not updating as much but i really prefer their their content and their whole setup to what Crunchyroll has, but I get it. Crunchyroll is bigger. More people dig that. Uh, let's see what else is going down. Still doing show versus business. Uh, we just hit our 150th episode of that show versus business is more of a conversation between me and Theo, who I mentioned earlier in the podcast. If you just want to hear a weekly kind of drop of everything that went on in the show world and the business world and how they come together. Uh, we discuss that every week, showversusbusiness.com. You can find that on Apple also. So I'm, we're going to start doing guests also um, for this podcast and maybe for, for Show Versus Business, but we're going to bring, start bringing back guests. In my last podcast, oh, that's what I wanted to mention. In my last podcast, uh, this is like version five of my podcast. In the last version of the podcast that I was creating, what I ended up with was something that was a little too, I don't want to say too personal, but it was just me doing my, my brain dump, basically. I don't think it was properly formatted enough. So that's why you have this new podcast, Creativity Threads Life. And I think this one's a lot more focused, and I can talk about a lot of the things that I relate to when I'm looking at things from a creative point of view. and uh, an entertainment point of view. So that's the whole reason why I'm doing it this way. Um, if you were subscribed to my previous podcast, Mr. Benji's ADD experience, I haven't shut it down, but I'm not really updating it anymore because this is taking my full focus now. So I'll probably go over there and leave a, leave a message where, Hey, listen, that phase is over. We're doing this one now. Uh, and I think I finally found that mode that I wanted after doing blogs, after doing AMP, after doing all these platforms, um, I'm definitely good with this podcast right now. So if you're out there in the comments, let me know what you're, I don't know, let me know if you, you've heard any of, of any other episodes of this podcast. As I said, we've already done the podcast portion. I'm just, shout out to Carmen, shout out to Forbidden Tours, shout out to Margaret, shout out to Michelle doing this multicast thing, by the way. So I'm showing up on, on different platforms. Definitely fun to be doing this. Yeah. As I said, I'll be back most nights of the week. Um, any topic you want to talk about in terms of general creativity, I'm down for, I'm going to be focusing on a lot of entertainment aspects because that's where I come from in the entertainment industry, but anything is pretty much fair game. I didn't think I'd be talking about Taraji P. Henson, but that came up. So anyway, this is this, and that is that. You can always follow the podcast at creativitythreadslife.com. My name is Mr. Benja. I am your host for this. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google. Subscribe on, well, Stitcher's not around anymore, so you can't subscribe on that. Or whatever podcast player you're using. I've heard, heard good things about Podbean. I like CastBox and Overcast. 
Those are two good uh, podcast apps. If you're not using a podcast app, let me know how you're listening to podcasts or if you just popped into the live and don't really listen to podcasts at all. I'd like to hear back from you. Anyway, that's going to do it for this one. Thank you very much. We'll be back on later this week to talk a little Attack on Titan. I think I'll, I'll make the commitment. Yeah, I just said it, so I'll make the commitment. I'm going to talk about Attack on Titan. May talk about... Uh, that's the only one I'm going to release for now. Okay. That's the only one I'm going to mention, Attack on Titan. I'll talk about that later on in this week. So be back for that. In the meantime, thanks everybody for coming through. I will see you later.